Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, we learned lessons. I don't know about that. That was fun today. Started out talking some red-hot Bulls basketball and... Will Purdue joined us. Matt Bowen broke it down. Jason Leisure gave us some insight into your Chicago Bears. I don't think Tevin Jenkins is going to be playing in this one. Would be my bet. I don't. I don't think he's going to play either. After because that was a bad one, and you knew it from jump that he was knocked out, and he couldn't. They had to bring out the cart because he couldn't even walk back to the blue tent. Yep. So I hope he gets better. I, I am curious on what the level of engagement for this game is going to be because Connor came up to me yesterday and he goes, so you're going to do like your video, right? And I said, sure, I'm going to watch the game and do a video and probably a pod. And it, it never occurred to me that other people might not (laughs) want to do that. Level of engagement for the media Uh, for everything. How about for the players? That's the one I'm interested in the most, but it's the late (laughs) game on Christmas. (laughs) What's, What's their level of engagement? I'm not writing. You're not? No. It's crazy. Who's, who's like, oh, the Bears game is over. I'd, I'd sure love to get, you know, get the kids ready for have this big dinner or go to someone's house. Got to read what Bernstein said about the Bears and Cardinals. We're not doing a post-game pod for Take the North on Sunday. You're not doing a post-game pod? What, how it would be doing? posted okay. by 9 o'clock Christmas Eve. Who's listening to that? I mean, you know what? Way, more, were, way more people. You, you Next to the fireplace. Here, man. The you log know, get burning. Get the content out. Shoot, I'm bailing on this one. No way, you. man. Labels ring. Hey, also... Here's Dan Weederer. <laughs> it's also kind of a mini vacation. For, so... No, I know. You want to go now or no? Just go. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm dead serious. No, I love okay. Gabe and Speak. I can just talk to him. You can get on your I'm way. I'm working right now. I'm I'm good. But I'm I, working but, here. But I don't I don't have to do the Bears game. I think we are going to record a pod, but that's about it. So wait, on Tuesday, are we not going to talk about the Bears? I'm watching it. I'm just probably not going to be tweeting it or writing about it. Okay. I might tweet here and there, but not, That's not level that attentively. It, you guys convinced we're going to have a pretty high level of player engagement? I think we are. I was a little worried about it earlier in the week, but as the week's gone on, I've been thinking about it and listening to everybody. There's still money to be made for certain players. I like what Jaquan Brisker said to us. He said, look, you play for the name on the back of your jersey. You, you play for your teammates. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm highly engaged. Well, right? and I think that if whole I'm defense. I'm Darnell Mooney. I I need a good game. Me, throw me the ball. I wonder. <laughs> what do you think the attendance is going to be? What that, do you think the number of no shows? Well, someone. The, I had a friend be, ask me nice, if I had right? tickets. Yeah, it's supposed to be fifty degrees. Uh, fifty or something. degrees. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful opportunity. See, what, what what number they're going to put on the jumbotron, or what number that is actually going to be there? So what? Hold sixty-one five forty. 
That's what I was thinking. Like 40, 40,000? 40 announced or 40 in place? 40 in place. 40 in place. Or was that a lot of people's Christmas present? Could be. Let's not forget, you know, the, the reason why tickets for Bears games are so expensive is because there are just tiers of people. Right, so it's like the people that have it initially. When you go to that sure. second tier, they've never been to a game before, right. and if you pass that down, they've never been to a game before. So they're equally excited. Well, well, that's that's why the crowded exhibition games is like, uh, it's like they, the, <laughs> the the hill people have well, come out. Well, but that's that's what this is. This is a tremendous opportunity for people who have not been able to afford going to games because you go secondary market for this Sunday. How much can you, can you get in for? Yeah, you free. get in for like ten dollars. I, 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 have, no. I haven't checked. No, I haven't checked yet, but I mean, this would be a great 60 opportunity. bucks would be my guess. Wait, 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 lay a guess before we go look. Lay a guess. I wouldn't even 60 bucks. Uh, to get in? To get in. I'll at go, the low I'll end. Go, I'll go lower than that. I bet you can get in for 30, 40 bucks. I was going to say $39. Yeah. $39? I don't even have a frame of reference. I don't know what anything costs okay. in this regard anymore. It is in, at secondary market for professional sports. I, I don't even know what the, what the actual face value is of some of those Yeah, tickets. you should pay attention to the world more. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Regular people that want to go to Bears games usually cost them like 120 bucks. For is that a what's a face second, value like? Like if, like to sit in the, the the nosebleeds, you're paying like a buck twenty. Yeah, right. And, Secondary and, market. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And 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 you're thinking and, and then you, you gotta and then you gotta buy buy stuff for your kids and buy stuff for your and, and, parking. and parking and parking and everything. You're looking at a hundred and fifty dollar investment a person, easy. Right, without question. Well, maybe there's a. Can you imagine if this is a late December, fifty degree opportunity? To see two, yes, admittedly bad teams, but I, I think the level of engagement is going to be high. I think these players are going to be busting their ass for the reasons Brisker gave you, for clearly the way they've talked about it, the way Montez Sweat talks about the vibe here, the way there's so many players who play hard here for each other, not necessarily for the fluce, you know, but for each other. Maybe some of it's for the flus, but it's some for their careers, and you only get this opportunity every so often. You can get in for $19. Holy hell. No way. Go. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man. Section 428, row 20, ticket prices on the secondary market are 19 apiece. For what? a Bears game. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Dude. That's like, a, that's like getting to a minor league-affiliated baseball game. It should probably go. If you're right? if you're a family, if you're a a, 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 patri- a patriarch or a matriarch thinking of a last minute Christmas thing, that's it. That's that's pretty fi- good. Fifty degrees on a December Sunday. Let's go. Huh. Par- Not me. Par- Not me. Parking, be, well, of course, parking's I, more expensive I, than the ticket. And accordingly, I'll be across the street in a recliner. Speak, but still, let me see what four tickets. Like if, if there's like a yeah. four ticket package, I yeah. can get. Let's see how what because then you wake up in the morning. Bucks. I can get four tickets, 29 apiece. Man. Section 444, row 35. Clear view. Uh huh. Looks like you're looking, you're in in the south end zone. And then you you could scout the perhaps four players on the Arizona Cardinals that you you would like. You can get into section 355 for 30 bucks. Do you have any starters? Do you know how many starters they have on defense who are undrafted? Did you hear this this morning from Big Z? Six. They have six starters on the defense who are undrafted. That's too many. That's you're not you're not doing That's it right. That's too many starters who are undrafted. By the way, you are listening to Sports Radio six seventy. The score WSCR HD Chicago WBMX HD two Chicago and Odyssey Station. It's me, Matt Spiegel, and Gabe Ramirez today as Parkinson Spiegel. Here's the big stat that I wanted to throw at you guys that I heard this morning. Okay, of the bottom ten teams in passer rating allowed. Okay, the Bears have played eight of them. Oh. And by season's end, it'll be 11 games, 11 total games against the bottom 10 teams 
in passer rating allowed. Wow. And that includes... What's your conclusion to draw then? This Bears offense has played a schedule that they should have put up big passing numbers against. Well, they definitely should do it this week. Like, you talk about... Number 31 out of 32 is this Cardinals pass defense. They're terrible. But how about that, man? 11 games by season's end against what is right now the bottom 10 in passer rating allowed. The offense is a failure this year, which is why the conversation has been so layered and like trying to figure out the blame pie yes and and how much context matters and situation matters and how much luke getsy is to blame and then people defend uh, things that they uh, all of that but i mean that that kind of floored me and it should let you know that however you slice it this offense has failed well, Luke Getzey says they're 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 getting there. Execution. Is that what he said today? Yeah, t- yeah. He says just execution, and they're building towards something. I'm for so- the execution of this offense. John McKay. <laughs> yes. And then right. he, soon he said this is all going to be just humming along. Does soon. He, does he know there's three games? Left? Very soon. He's coming to see the king. Does he know? Maybe he's talking about it with his next offense. That he's going to be running it. They're, they're Whatever be. the scheme is. <laughs> as soon as I get South a quarterback, Carolina. as soon as I get a quarterback that can run my my version of the of the McVay uh, Shanahan stuff. As soon as I find the next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, when you do, let us know. Meanwhile, that's how, important. How about that piece of crap? By the way, spending the entire year holding everyone emotionally hostage that he might play, and knowing all the time he wasn't going to. Worse. Tell me. Worse. Be, so he can be on the sideline. They're activating him. Oh, right. And so because uh, they, they have to, to activate him. And they had to cut someone. They to do cut it. a guy. Oh, man. I saw that the fullback. They, right? they had to cut their fullback just to indulge the whim of Aaron Rodgers. What? A guy lo- right before Christmas, Aaron Rodgers, oh, it's going to cost a guy his job. Bye. Like he, he got the guy fired. Maybe so maybe, he can stand on the sideline. Dan, you don't know. Maybe he, you know, wrote a check for the game day and, and gave it to the kid, you know, maybe. I'm guessing not. <laughs> It'd be a good follow-up. Maybe that was like, somebody that would be a bring great that like, way for him to to manage this. Such would a be bag. let me find out what this guy's losing in game checks. Yeah, right. let me, let me compensate. Yeah, well, what grand. might he might might he be losing an opportunity cost or oh, anything else? Fair. I mean, he, he lost his job. So you have a family. He the lost his family? job because Aaron Rodgers wanted on to stand Christmas on the sideline. Eve. <laughs> He lost his job, man, Christmas Eve because of Aaron Rodgers. Ebenezer Rodgers. That's right. <laughs> That's what he did. Jordan wow, what was right about him. All right. Have you guys talked about I've been out for a couple of days. Have you talked about a friend of the Parkinson Spiegel show, Sean Stellato, the agent who, who, who initially – Set up a ten thousand dollar appearance at a pizzeria for Tommy DeVito. Then, then after said twenty two grand. We're going to need twenty grand on that. And they went public. And now Sean Stellato has been fired from the marketing portion of his agent duties for yes. Tommy DeVito. We we've talked a lot about this in a couple of different ways. It's too bad. Like that's one of those things that happens where you've got the the world by the the newts, the short and curly, and and then. Then you overstep. Yeah. This has been a slow moving shark jumping. And I do think it. For Sean Stellato? For the whole Tommy Cutlets and the whole thing. (laughs) He took a picture with Snooky yesterday at the pizza place. So we keep having Dan these didn't moments. know that she wasn't Italian. I didn't. I, I saw. I saw Nicole. She's, she's Latina, right? Poli- Correct. And yeah. Jewish. Chilean. Oh, Chilean. 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 Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. 
Right? Spicy. Right? Hey, hey. You get indigestion. <laughs> so, and I, and I was looking at this and realizing he's at Philly this week. So, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Cutlets needs a win. Otherwise, it's like, hey, okay. Because uh, those Philly guys need a win bad. Uh-huh. The part that. Um, bad. The part that I couldn't stop thinking about was like the like oh yeah yeah the price went up now it's uh, it's twenty grand that thing you guys know what Chuck Berry used to do he would say pay me in well, cash y- and then he would say I well yeah I know I, what he used to do well, but not, not, that, not one. that part but he would he would <laughs> he would agree to something on a contract and then he'd show up and he'd be like I'm gonna need to get paid more than this and I'm gonna need it all in cash in right a briefcase now. right now I thought that was Aretha uh, no it's, it's it was definitely Chuck and Chuck okay. would at, at soundcheck he'd be like I'm gonna need this much cash in a briefcase or else I'm not playing tonight and eventually word got around and everybody knew so they always had the briefcase full of cash <laughs> but they would let Chuck go through the whole thing the where, bit. yeah they would let Chuck run the bit where he'd be like I'm gonna need a briefcase with 30 grand and they'd be like, whoa, Chuck, I Chuck, don't, I don't know. know if we can pull that together. Ah, Give ah, me some time. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, not, they'd go in the office and kick their feet up for an hour and then come back. We, we, we did, did it. it. I, did, I had to move things I had things to sell around. a car. Just to make him and feel Chuck like he was My ding My ding yeah. I want yeah. you to play with my yeah. ding Then he'd ask so. her some other things. <laughs> yeah, he has unfortunately. Yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he, and he hired, like, the weirdest ragtag band of local musicians to be his band right up until the point where the show started to suck. <laughs> his last shows were terrible, apparently. Really? Oh, yeah. Kind of like the Rolling Stones? Oh, see? Wow. That, yeah. was, that was a Ouch. crackback I wasn't expecting. <laughs> what? Do you hate the album? Is that what that is? No, I just, I, the, the stories of Keith's guitar chops eroding. Have their, like there are videos and there are their sort of compilations mm. of it, it. It could end up eventually being like what happened with Fleetwood Mac, where they would stand in front of a curtain. Oh, and the other band would and, play. And the, and the shadow band behind them would play everything <laughs> while they congratulated each other. Who are those guys? They are not Fleetwood Mac. We don't talk about them. I will say this about Keith Richards. My my buddy Kurt has this idea, and I think we should get behind it. He would like to petition now that Kurt that Keith Richards has reached eighty years old. We should petition to get him on the cover of Men's Health magazine. Hell yeah. Oh, would that be a riot? Because he he apparently had it right. We've got it wrong. We've got it wrong. Speak for yourself. Keith is is getting it done and he's 80. So that is I mean that that means something about men's health. He and my dad are the same age. <laughs> Mick Jagger's 80 now, right? Like so that's what I try to picture. Your dad's summer tour. Where is he going to be like, stopping? I'm, I'm trying to picture like him out there like dancing like he's Mick still got Jagger. It. Your, your I mean, dad like, still got it. Well, I mean, he does. He's still kicking my ass in golf and winning, you know, club championships in that way, mm-hmm. but it's the dancing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the flexibility and like I can't even do anything close to Mick Jagger and I'm 54. If I tried to do one of those kicks or something, I'd rip everything out of my day out of my hands. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible to it me. Is, it is pretty remarkable. Who's their drummer now? Uh, I don't know. Now in the in the I don't know that they've toured since Charlie Watts passed. Right? Yeah, I don't sad. think they've played. Isn't is the thing to like grab somebody's somebody's son, son? Like like it was Jason Bonham who was with the Ringo Starr thing? Uh yeah. Uh, Jason Bonham's really good. And and Zach Stark that's, that's the other one was right. with the Who. Not for a not while. everyone's son goes into the family business though, Dan. Like 
You, you can't just be like, like if Charlie Watts' son wasn't a drummer, you can't just go, so Charlie Watts' son. <laughs> pick, he'll pick it up, though. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll figure it's it out. It's in the blood. You'll just. <laughs> G- Gabe, your kids are not old enough to be playing instruments or making music yet, right? No, not at all. They just bang things on the wall. Yeah. That's pretty much. That's beautiful sounds, though. So I went to Ruben's band concert the other day. What does he play? He plays percussion in okay. the band, plays piano at home, but percussion in the band. But, like, it tis the season for band concerts to go see kids playing music. And I realized the big problem. Because you, you're not drunk enough? No. <laughs> you didn't eat enough edibles? Thought, What's going on here? Thought, oh, about, thought about combating the situation in those that's ways. The, but that's what Barry Roster always said. The key to all those is enough scotch. <laughs> I, I chose against it, but they just, they just don't tune. Like, <laughs> Every every instrument. So you're just offended by that as a musician. It, of course not, he is. It's not even offended. It's like in in physical pain. And I contend this is what's happening to people's ears, even if they don't realize it. More so to yours, though. I'm sure. I, but yeah. but it's everybody. Like it assaults the senses. <laughs> it is not correct to have four trumpet players sitting next to each other. One person C is the others the others. The others, like they all think they're playing the same note, and they are. That's the problem. It it like adds up to this offensively violent atonal mix that damages your soul, whether you're aware of it or not. Was that actually? That's what's going was on. that actually C? I don't know. Okay, I'm just curious. Hey, give me a C. A bouncy, a bouncy C. A birthday comes, but once a year, full of happy times and cheer and Lana and whatever the hell else. It's just. It is, it is rough out there, man. And then you start laughing, and then you feel bad for laughing because somebody's kid is watching you laugh at them, or somebody's parent is watching you laugh at their kid. I should say. <laughs> I feel like Matt Spiegel's musical camp is a thing that should happen. Um, That'd be like whiplash. <laughs> yeah, hard driving. Not my tempo. No, Lawrence. Yeah. I want to do a version of the same thing you're talking about. We're like te- teaching presentation. You know, you're up there. You're on a stage. I want. I want to teach a class in like fronting. Like I mean, how to front a band or front a stage and address uh, address a crowd as the leader of something. I bet you Columbia would, they would love to have you do that. Especially right now. school? I think everything's fixed now. <laughs> Is it fixed now? I think. They hire everybody I'm again? not sure, but I think. But that's that's exactly, like, that's kind of what Columbia is. Like, that. that's what they do, which I think is really cool, is... They have classes where you can learn to be a DJ, like a club DJ. Absolutely. Like I'm sure that there's a there's a spot for like a presentation. Was and it? if you want, we can if you re, if you're really like super serious about it. Yeah. We can pitch it to DePaul. All right, let's talk about it. Wasn't that something in School of Rock when he was sort of when he was teaching them all yes. like the little showmanship yes. things? He's like, no, you yeah. gotta go like this. <laughs> Right, yeah. right. All that stuff. Right. No, man. you gotta take that. Right, spin the sticks and do all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, some of the tricks, but it's just like having the confidence, you know. Gabe, hook them up with your UIC peeps. You're Mr. UIC. I'm trying, still trying to get them to name the radio station after me. That's a long shot. So you got no, no plugs. Never out of my mouth would you, you hear me say, "Hey, if you're really serious." Let me know. We can go talk to you at UIC. You, I would never. That, I just. I'm, I'm not that plug. That's the only thing that plug people say. That's I would not, never do that. I'm just offering up an opportunity. If you're really serious, <laughs> we can talk to DePaul. Damn, <laughs> DePaul. Why don't you talk to Emerson about it? <laughs> <laughs> Presentation say, with Matt Spiegel <laughs> and Bill Burr. Yeah. They'll, say, they'll say, "Who are you again?" And give, yeah, me, right. and give me more money. <laughs> exactly. 
We have much more famous alumni than you. We're unavailable. So we have a, we have a lot to do. We're very excited to talk Bulls together. I, yeah. I'm psyched about what we're watching. I'll be there. So if you guys want to do uh, backside crosstalk, let Dude, me do. We, we were trying to. We were just talking about exactly that. A little scene setter yeah. from there. I'll, I'll be so, there. All right. So let, let's let's. I do got that. Some, a couple of questions that I want to ask Billy too. So uh-huh. we'll see how that goes. Well, good, good, good. Because like, man, it is it is beyond. Like the initial point, which I was making as soon as they started to play these 10 games, are they better without Zach? I mean, that, that's like so eminently obvious. They're it's just so, so much better without him. And it is causal. It's uh, not coincidental. 100%. I have, I, have a, I have a theory on that. I've been dying to share. So I'm looking forward to that. And and we'll talk about DeMar. We'll talk about the, the whole thing. And then um, at 3 o'clock, um, uh, Justin Fields thing I'm looking forward to talking about with Gabe. Um, Angelo Cataldi is a dude who has been in sports radio for like 40 years, retired, was going to write a book, and he did. He's one of those guys who actually did write a book, and I love Angelo. So he's going to come on, and and we'll talk to him a little bit. Dave Wanstead in studio at 4 o'clock. Mark Grody with all the latest from the the, uh, coordinators. And uh, me and Gabe hanging out, man. Let's do it. It's been too long. Dan, see you Tuesday. Peace and love. Happy Christmas to you all and to all. Stick around and hang out for Parkinson Spiegel. Speaks and Gabe on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hello, Chicago! The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Everybody, we are live! Are you guys grinding, or are you guys having fun? We're having a little fun. And here's the controversy. Listen, we love fun, right? Spend some time with our friends Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Yes. I'd want to be nowhere else but here. Parkinson Spiegel, they're amazing! <laughs> are they? <laughs> yeah, but are they? I go on the score and talk with uh, Matt and Danny. Yeah, Danny Parkins, one of the old-timers. Sometimes says uh, this is the show where things happen. It's a disgusting way to do talk radio. Danny and Matt. Do an excellent job. A little too much Parkinson. We can erase it from the FCC. Strange twists and turns on the Parkinson Spiegel show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. We're the show where things happen. Everybody, Ice Cube. Cube, thank you for answering our text and putting up with our ridiculousness. Anytime, anytime. Bob Odenkirk. How are you guys doing? Mark Wahlberg's here. Chicago, we love you, baby. Come on. Shane, wake up. Tanny, we got to have another little taste because Spiegs is here. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. Every time I come on this show, old school great radio johnny b i'm riveted to the score it's the last bastion of talk radio i mean you guys are the best team in chicago everybody knows that parkins and spiegel these guys are gonna be incredible and amazing and uh, they started talking over my promo for them at the beginning of the show and here we go jim tony oh jim we could start the show right now 
A good Thursday afternoon to you. Feels like a Friday. Actually, I have no idea what day it is. I mean, I know it's a Thursday and I just said so, but I, I don't even know what it feels like. It's my, I worked on Monday and now I'm working today. It's my last day of the year. Gabe Ramirez, I'm thrilled to spend it with you, along with uh, Sean Sears and Tyler Buterbaugh. This is Parkinson Spiegel, but I'm the only one of Parkinson Spiegel here. Thanks for having me, Gabe. I, I was flattered initially at the statement, and then you threw Sean and, and Tyler in there, and now I'm just like, whatever. Just like, Whoa. Just take <clears throat> it, man. No, man. Gabe, Gabe's got to feel like he's more important than you for his own no. self-confidence. I'm just needy. Let's <laughs> be very clear you what You can it say is. that again. Wow. It's See okay. the shots. This is not hey, going to go well, is it? Sean Sears and I. We love each other a lot. He knows he knows I always have this grenade in the in the chamber. So he never he, he never does. really wants to go like too crazy. Oh, really? I didn't know my stepping into a thing. No, here? no, 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 not at all. Oh, there's some drama. I love Sean Sears. Tyler, can you help me if things get ugly between those two? Yeah, I'll step in if I have to. Yeah, yeah <laughs> step got, in, or, or maybe just stay here on the board. You and me will keep rolling <laughs> while these jamokes fight it out in the hallway. Interesting. But uh no, man, it's uh you're working like crazy. You got to be working like crazy over these this this two week stint here. You know what? It's no no different than usual, which is actually good. I think the fact that you know Christmas lands on a Monday, yeah, and Bears play on that Sunday, so no plumbers nine one one football Monday for me <laughs> overnight. So that's good. Two weeks in a row. Shout out to our bosses for being kind human beings and understanding that. Yeah. So that's good. So outside of that, I'm just you know filling in for you guys next week a lot. And so I've been doing uh, Sunday nights with Luke Canellis over okay. at your place. Yeah, Fox on, 32. On Love the it. Sports Zone. And every week when I do it, he says, well, let's check in with Gabe Ramirez and Corey Wooten <laughs> after their hang. Because you guys are always at a at an establishment yeah. for pregame and, and postgame and, and a hang. That must have been fun this year. You know what? I, I will be honest. You know, the first, last couple of years because of COVID, those things have been kind of the numbers were kind of low. Right. People weren't necessarily coming out. Yeah. So to see what it's been this year, the Miller Lite Brewing views that we do with uh, Fox 32 and, and Corey Wooten's there as well. Like, we were at Marcotte's. Shout out to Marcotte's. It's on, like, Cicero and 159th or something like that. Okay. And I don't really go to the south side like that. Uh, southwest side, you know, especially. So I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, and then all of a sudden, there's, like, this table of, like, 10 or 15 people, and they're just getting faded. I'm talking about, like, shots every 30 seconds. New people bringing in. because people. Are, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then the manager comes and says, these are all the people that work here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. So, and so the place is packed and slammed. So it's like, it's been like that at every place that we've gone to. So it's been fun. But actually, that was the last one of the season. I know. So yeah, sad. you're done, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's been a really interesting football season that is not over. But the conversations are taking place like the season is over. So we'll do some big picture bears uh, with Dave Wanstead and with Mark Grody, but we'll also focus on the Cardinals game this weekend. As we mentioned during transition, it'd be a good one to go to. Check out the secondary market if you've been thinking about it. If it's going to be a nice weather day on Sunday and a Christmas Eve Sunday at that, you'll probably have a lot of opportunities. But $20 tickets. Unbelievable, man. But let's talk about the what is right now the best team in town, the most entertaining team in town, and it's crazy. How how it has turned into this. Uh, yesterday, I'm like, all day, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see if the Bulls can measure up to wow. LeBron and AD tonight. You were actually thinking that throughout the day? I totally was. That's wild. Because I, I, I saw this right away, man, as soon as they played without Zach. And those first couple of games were not against great competition. 
but you know well executed like fundamentally sound basketball when you watch it i i learned a lot in my years working with jason goff when it was spiegel and goff because i would come in and i would talk about the beauty of baseball and the symmetry and like all the like the ballet that goes on when everybody's moving in the right way and he respected that and then would come at me and say you know basketball has that too and i've always loved hoops and everything but just the idea when the ball moves, because the ball is faster than you, and when the ball moves, the shots get better. And it's just, it's so obvious, and everybody knows they're going to be involved. There's like a, a very simple kind of egalitarian, equal, like we're all in this together kind of vibe, like that has to take place for it to be played correctly. And it's like looking around like, oh, I could take my man, maybe. But let me see if we can get a better shot. Let me see if we can get a better shot. Let's keep moving the ball. Oh, look at that. Vooch is on a small. Give him the ball. No brainer. No brainer to do that. And they're doing that now. And sometimes Vooch doesn't take that shot. Sometimes then he passes it because that's the way he's wired. He's happy to pass it and play that way. So they have a thing going now, man, that DeMar DeRozan is just like, happily fitting into in <laughs> yeah. addition to being the OG closer when he needs to be it, it it is frankly it's a beautiful offensive game that they're playing you know Burns he spent a lot of time talking about the defense but and the defense is a lot about effort and I thought Will Purdue was spot on saying that that playing offense like that when everybody's getting touches makes the defense better because everybody's involved and, and so it, it is it's frankly Really nice to watch them play in this 10-game swing where they've gone 7-3. and three. I mean, how fun has it been? And then, you know, the first game that it happened, or actually it was the second game without Zach, I came on the radio and I said, Bulls are making the playoffs. Like, just lock it in. I said, it's not, it had nothing to do with Zach. And I was like, even if they move on from Zach, what they will get in return what it will add to this team will most certainly, I said, is more a, a shot at the, the Eastern Conference than it was some praise of the Chicago Bulls. Uh-huh. But, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, you look at Kobe's leadership during it. And I wouldn't even say leadership, maybe ownership of ownership. the team. I, I, ownership. I agree with that. Where he, the, the way he's cheering on people, the way he's talking to individuals, I just, and, 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 and leading by example in the way he's playing the game, right? You heard Adam Amin talking about it yesterday during the game. Uh, and he said, he said, Kobe's just, just loves the contact lately, right? Where most, more often than not, you just thought he was, you know, a guy that could, you know, take a shot, you know, he's not a point guard, he's just a guy that can shoot the three, you know, but then he works on his handles. You forget how big he is, and then the fact that he gets to the rim, can't handle, I mean, he had some shots over Anthony Davis yesterday that were mm -hmm. incredible. Off the glass to start the game, I mean, it, it was it was really good, but the, the team itself, I, I think the other thing that you forget is how good these guys are. Well, you haven't been able to see that. That is 100% correct, because they haven't felt free to be the best version of themselves. They haven't had that feeling that they're going to be involved because for like the last two and a half years, once Lonzo went down, this thing, for better or for worse, often for worse, turned into isolation ball with Zach and with DeMar. And I got a theory on this. We know now and we can see that Zach's isolation instincts are what they are. He wants to attack. He wants to take the shots. He wants to be that guy. And it stops the ball. It stops that spirit of let's move the ball. And it, it just does. And that, you know, that could change. It could evolve. He doesn't really know how to play this way 
or he doesn't want to. Hasn't and, had the opportunity to. Well, Minnesota, I, Chicago. I think I think he's been given the opportunity to play this way by Billy because this is the way that Billy wants him to play, and he wasn't. And that's why Goran Dragic went off on him at halftime, and that's why things have been ugly and it's been an awkward dance. I think this is the way Billy wants to play. Yeah, and also, but I also think that Zach is Zach wanted to be the head honcho of the team uh-huh. and had let it be. He wanted it to be known. He wanted the team to to be built around him. And I think that kind of created that conflict and, and that, that was there that, that existed that we all saw. We all saw it firsthand. But we all saw saw what was what was going on there with Zach and the team. But here's the thing: I think Demar was okay with it becoming Zach's team. Zach just didn't rise to it. He we talked didn't. about this. Uh, Grody and I talked about this yesterday. This very same thing, and it was that he gave him the opportunity initially, and then because Zach couldn't come through in certain situations, he took that. Demar that, took that, it that back. Leverage. And then what I said was, yeah, I said, well, then I wish Demar would have taught taught Zach how to be a maybe not a 27 guy but like a 20 just like DeMar is being right in this offense hey I'm gonna get my 20 no matter what hey man. I'm gonna score and I'm gonna take the ball and I'm gonna do what I gotta do and I'm do. gonna get free throws and all of that exactly but and, Zach doesn't see the game that way he do, he doesn't see it he, that way do you think he will if, when he goes to the Lakers I, no he won't have to he won't have to because he'll be the third guy so on, a, on a good to. team. No, well, so he'll have to, 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 to relegate himself to that position I think wherever of being he, the man. Wherever he goes, if it's going to work out well, he's going to be the extra guy who just comes off the bench and scores or starts but is just the pure scorer. He's not going to facilitate. Zach Levine's not coming off the bench. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, though. He's not fitting into the way the, the Warriors play. He's not going to be fitting into some right. b- version of, of beautiful team ball that the Warriors, when they're at their best, do do play that way. He's not going to fit into that, but he could be he could be a hired gun scorer, just like show up and give me twenty five. He could be that guy because that's what he is. But here's the theory I want to I want to get to you. Okay, Zach doesn't know how to play this way. He always gets um, wants to go isolation, and when they play together, Demar gets triggered by this. Like thinks he should play that way because he can. And then they start kind of competing a little bit. And then DeMar kind of stops the ball. Then all of a sudden you got both of them stopping the ball. They compete with each other. They do support each other, but it doesn't leave room for these other guys to feel involved. And the comp that that I'm feeling uh, as of now is when a band has two lead guitarists who both have great skills and great chops and they just won't shut up. And they're just like <laughs> competing with each other. I can play more notes. No, I can play more notes. And it becomes this thing where they're competing with each other and the song or the groove gets lost. It's like the Allman Brothers band or a jam band where you're like, my God, I don't need a 30-minute version of Ramblin' Man. I really don't. But they just keep going and I've been in band situations like this where somebody comes in and like, listen to me play, man. Check me out. And the other guitar player is like, no, screw you, man. Listen to me play. And they kind of pushed each other and triggered each other. It doesn't work with the two of them because Zach doesn't get it how to play this way. And DeMar kind of gets triggered by Zach not wanting to play that way. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, and I mean, clearly uh, this Bulls team and the iteration that it exists right now is is one that I'm sure the front office is looking at and saying, oh, okay, you know, I can, I can add to this. What, what can I add to this? And that's mm-hmm. what they've been doing, right? That's why they haven't uh, been in a rush to move on from anybody. But, I mean, what, what does look good to you, Speaks, right? Because when you're looking at what needs to be added to this team, because now we can, okay, fine, we got it. 
Zach was the problem. Zach's not there. They're playing good, good style of basketball. You're seeing guys get minutes and the ability to grow and develop, look like Dale and Terry. Look at Io. Kobe White, Io. All those guys. And, Even Pat Will over the last couple of months. Right? Hel- healthy different- Caruso should be in the starting lineup every night. It looks good out there. Getting Io off the bench was awesome last night because then you started thinking to yourself, you're like, damn. That's tough for opposing teams to yeah. have to go against the Iowa. And he hit he hit a couple of threes that were impressive last night. For sure. Yeah. And but but it's it's just, man, it, it is the style. And what do they need to fit into it? Who did you like on the Lakers yesterday? Well, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> not D'Angelo Russell. See, I thought I okay, I, I wrote that. I wrote that when I was watching the game and taking my two notes. points, two assists in twenty one minutes. I, I I wrote that, but then I can he play this way where the ball keeps moving? And that's just what 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 I, what my takeaway was when I really was looking at the tape. He does something that that no one on the Bulls does, and he does it consistently. It is when he passes the ball, it lands right in the player's breadbasket every time. Oh, he, he sets up a shoot a shooter. It's well. always it's not just a pass to someone, which you see a lot in you know a couple of threes. I think you know again there was a couple of threes that could have happened had a pass been perfect. But D'Angelo Russell was the type of guy whether you're in transition or you're just rotating it around the, the three point line. He's someone that will deliver it to you right where you want to catch it before you pull up and take that shot. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think can, can factor in well with this Bulls team, where you can get Vooch that 15-foot that, that jumper, but you pass it to him right where he likes to catch it. DeMar, the same thing. Kobe, especially if you're in transition uh-huh. and you're hitting him on a three. Io, for that matter. I think he's someone that I, I yesterday I saw. I was like, okay, the Bulls don't have a true point guard, and he's at least someone that can be that. Not a great defender, right? Probably getting the 30, high 30s. I don't even know what the exact statistics is. I'm sure it's like they high do, 30s. They don't have a true point guard, but they're playing They're playing in a style where everybody's looking to move the ball, and Torrey Craig likes to play that way, and Javon Walker can play that way. Javon Carter, excuse me, can play that way. And it's the way Billy wants to play. It's the way that AK and Vooch want to play. That's the first acquisition is let me go get Vooch because he knows as a big man, and he's, he's willing to do it. So whoever they get has to be somebody – who fits into that kind of style. Texter says, what if DeMar is Zach's trigger too? That, that's a great call because the OG being a badass at isolation because DeMar is among the best ever at mid-range isolation like that, of course that's a trigger to Zach. Of course it is. So they compete with each other and it takes away from the possibility of playing um, like a, a true team. Want to want to get to the Demar part of this a little bit with you, Gabe, and think about the future. And you'll hear a snippet of a conversation that we had with Joe Cowley from the middle of November. You'll hear that when we come back about Demar. And top of the hour, we get to Justin Fields. It's you and us, me, Speaks, him, Gabe, on Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Critics call it Empire meets Nashville meets Succession. Afternoons on the score. I think DeMar, if signed to an extension, I think he would age gracefully if another star presented itself. If they find a way to have better players than him, I feel like if it's not now, it's very soon that he would go ahead and say, okay, let's go ahead and and, and I'll be the OG and just kind of age gracefully in that way. Am I crazy to think that's on the table for him? I think you're you're 100% on. I think he's trying to do that with Zach, but he just knows Zach's not equipped to run with that torch right now. So, um, no, I think that's a great point by you. And if they do extend him, that's the mindset. Hey, let's get a guy in this Zach trade that we feel is ready to to jump, maybe not as much as Zach because you're not going to find that, that type of guy, but a guy that's on the verge, and let's see if DeMar could mentor him and be his Obi-Wan. That's Joe Cowley from the Parkinson Spiegel Show. On the 15th of November, just after the Zach trade 
willingness had gone public when he and Clutch were trying to somehow force a trade to the Lakers as early in a season as any big trade has ever happened. I mean, and now we're a month, more than a month since then, and this new batch of players now available from the Lakers' perspective. Gabe Vincent intrigues me a little bit, I got to say. But, you know, but there's the big point that, that Joe Cowley and I agreed on at the time, that DeMar is willing to age gracefully and be an OG and let some young star make this his team if need be. And turns out it's, it's, it's Kobe White who is blooming and DeMar is doing nothing but supporting that process right now. It's interesting when you look at the Bulls team because we, like if we try to look at the young players and the inability to develop and then what has been successful for them in the past week or so, and specifically Kobe White, you're like, well, damn, I feel like Zach was his, you know, one of his biggest supporters. I feel like, you know, DeMar is one of Io's biggest supporters, guys that are behind them. Mm-hmm. But then you really try to pinpoint what it is, and I think it's fear, right? It's like, all right, look, I'll be a little vulnerable. Let's take, like, our crosstalk, for example. Yeah. When I'm in the room with the four of us, right, I fall back. I don't care. It's whatever, right? But I like to listen, like, listen to how you guys interact. You guys have a history with each other, right? Think of try, – try to create the relationship between myself and the young players on the team. That's interesting from your perspective. Let's pause there for a minute. So, yeah, I've known Bernsey and Lawrence since the mid-'90s, both of them. We're both all – the, all three of us have been with this radio station 20 years or more at different times, yes. And so for me to try to be this voice, like, oh, guys, ah, I got a joke too. Ah. <laughs> like, that's just not my personality, right? And I think that when you look at guys like Pat Will – when you look at guys like Kobe White, Io, for that matter, being a Chicagoan himself, hmm. sometimes, you know, you do kind of know your what the saying goes, know your role, play your position, right? But look, when the guys leave, my volume increases. Yes. My confidence is exuding like, out, out through their speakers. And I, I feel like I can say whatever I want now. Of oh, because Bernsey and, and Holmes, they're not here now. I could do whatever I want. And you have to step up. There's a void. That's my point. That, Like, for the quality of the radio, or in this case, the quality of the basketball, somebody, people have to step up. We talked about this in relation to Patrick Williams the last right. couple of years. Like, you know, DeMar and Zach are taking up so much oxygen, it's not letting Pat Williams right. bloom. Turns out, it, it, the timing of it has fit Kobe. It, it, Kobe's the one... Who was ready? And I'll give it up to Jason, who said before the season that that was the guy he was looking forward to watching the most yeah. this year. They thought he was going to take a big step. Something's up with Kobe. Like the timing of Kobe's personal evolution and his attitude and being newly re-signed and this availability of playing time, it's working out. Kobe's the one who's blooming in your in your analogy. And I'll, I'll continue on and say guys like Kobe and Pat Will seeing Zach Levine seeing DeMar DeRozan and how easy it is for him to get buckets. They look at him, They look at themselves, because let's not forget, every hooper is cocky, right? So they're like, I could do that. Give me the ball in the fourth quarter. I'll put up – who said that one time? Was it Jose Calderon that was like, I could put up 30 in the game too if I was the primary scorer <laughs> on the team. They all believe they that. They all believe it. But, and most, but, most of them probably could. But, 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 but get, a young, get younger guys, right? Get, now we have the, the thing we talk about a lot for Chicago basketball is developing talent. Hell, in Chicago, period, developing talent. Now you got Pat Will that's like, yeah, man, pff, I feel like I could hit a mid-range just like DeMar. 
Kobe saying, I can get to the cup just like Zach. Uh-huh. I can't dunk it like him, but I can get to the cup. I can draw the contact. I can maybe do what I do, which is that little fadeaway little jump shot. Like, he can adjust, but he, but they feel like they can do it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a perfectly realistic analogy um, based on human experience within the last hour of your life, yes. right? Yes. So, yes, and, and, and we're seeing it. Let's talk about Kobe for a second. You yeah. talked about that little fadeaway, little Beautiful. jumper. Beautiful. He gets to spots, and you're like, oh, man, that's interesting. He's not attacking. He's like he bought a little space, and he's fading away because he's a little shorter. But, oh, yeah, that goes in. Oh, look at that. Do you know he is the all-time leading scorer in the state of North Carolina <laughs> yeah. in high school basketball? Yeah, buckets. Kobe White has been getting buckets at an elite level since he was a freaking freshman in high school. Think about all the good basketball players ever in the history of that state. Kobe White is number one. He only played one year then at North Carolina and immediately came to the Bulls as a part-time guy and, like, trying to be aggressive but trying to be good on defense. And, oh, could you play point guard, too? I don't know. I'm, I'm 19. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know. Could you do this? i threes my whole life. Yeah, right. Can you, well, I, I don't know. Do I shoot well enough? I don't Pass know. to somebody. Why? How are you? <laughs> All of that. Well, let's. Uh, here's what I learned in one year under, uh, under Roy Sadarinsky. Williams. Okay. Yeah, yeah first year. Right. Like the Bulls. It's not Roy Williams anymore, is uh, it? No, no, no. But it, who, did he have Roy Williams at the end? I don't even know. Yeah, it's Carolina. He had, so, yeah. he had Roy Williams yeah, yeah, for yeah. one year, right? Yeah, I would say but so. but like imagine that. Imagine you are the man as a scorer, and then you're one year college ball, and then you're here, and you're playing with old heads, NBA dudes. He was nineteen coming into the league. Thirty year olds, dudes who who can get buckets, but he can get buckets when he's doing that little fadeaway. He knows how to buy space and create opportunities. He's yeah. known it his whole life. And what was interesting, speaking there one one particular moment in the game that everybody was highlighting was that Euro step move he did yeah. in, in transition, and everybody just saw that. And a lot of people were talking about that, but not a lot of people were talking about the the defensive effort, the the the, the possession before that for the Lakers, where LeBron was coming down the lane, Kobe held his ground, LeBron misses the layup. And that's what allows them to get the loose ball and go down the court and Kobe to hit that little Euro step. So, I mean, he's doing it on, he's trying as hard as on both ends, too. It's not just I'm, I'm getting buckets and I'm putting up these astronomical numbers from behind the arc. Yeah. Like, I'm playing defense as well because I, again, we go back to ownership. I want this team to do well. Whoever is on this team with me, I want us all to succeed. It's just a different mindset uh, uh, that the Bulls haven't had, even with DeMar there or Vooch or Zach. Yeah, what we've known for sure, like the data points coming in, we knew for sure that it worked with Lonzo. It, it absolutely did. And people got tired of hearing that as an excuse. But add that to the conversation. It totally worked with Lonzo. Why? Lonzo didn't need the ball to be a leader because he played his ass off on defense, because he was a real good spot-up three-point shooter, and because he loved to pass and everybody knew it. He made that stuff (laughs) contagious, right? Lonzo was that dude you want to play with. He was that dude you want to play with at the gym. You're like, oh, man, I want to be on that guy's team. He's going to play defense and spot-up shoot, and he's going to look for me if I run. Let's do it. So everybody – is it? So so everybody did it. Everybody played that way. Then Lonzo goes down, and they haven't been able to figure out, and they figure out in briefs, like like when Patrick Beverly for a minute, okay, maybe they'll figure it out. And now they're figuring it out because Zach's not there. And it's just – 
We've spent two years trying to figure out, is it Vooch who's the problem? Is it DeMar who's the problem? Is it Kobe ain't nothing? He should have stepped up. Is he the problem? Oh, Pat Boy. Will's not doing enough. Oh, That's Pat Will's not doing enough. Yeah, Billy's not, not yeah. leaning on these guys enough. And maybe he wasn't because he's trying in a star yeah. league to make it work. It, it was Zach's instincts that just in terms of the overall mix did not work. But let's be fair for a second, right? Yeah. Okay. Because so it's we, not even about ripping Zach. It's just, no, that's just no, no, who no. he is. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm for one second I'm going to say, okay, well, let's put that to the side and let's say, okay, the Bulls are better. But are we talking about what that ceiling looks like? Right? Because it's one thing to be hell-hum, the witch is gone. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody's playing well now. Great. You won some games in a tough stretch. Hey, man. But – what does that look like in April? What does that look like in a playoff series? You know, like does it mean you don't trade Alex Caruso and Demar and extend Demar and continue down down a path of of having Demar on this team? I think I think it's going to end up meaning that because yeah. I think Demar, like I asked him the question to Cowley, and like we're talking, I think Demar can age gracefully and let the shots go away. But what, but what happens if you bring in another A player? Is, is the same thing going to happen with DeMar that happened with Zach? Not if it's somebody with legit basketball instincts. Give me a comp. People are saying Tobias Harris. I don't want Tobias okay. Harris. No, at all. Because Tobias Harris has, is, a, is an explosive potential scorer, but he does no, not. I don't want him at all. He does <laughs> not have, like, the winning instincts to play this kind of style. That Billy wants to play, that these guys are playing. I, I, I don't, I, I don't like the idea of Tobias Harris. Okay, I got a, I got a Paul George for you. Well, he's a free agent. No, I'm saying he's a free agent. So let's say, he, let's just say for whatever reason, just for the, for, I'm trying to figure out what Demar is going to look like in the event that the Bulls are saying, hey, this is a great team, we want to build on it, mm-hmm. and then they bring in another A player, and then there's some issue. Two LA guys, Compton's in the house. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. The, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like that's too old. I feel like you got to find that young guy. Find that young guy who's ready to possibly take a leap. But it's tricky. I don't know that you'll get him for Zach. LeBron James, he's a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> the young, but the that, young LeBron James. <laughs> when that game started last night and that dude looked every bit the freight dude. train he has been his whole life. It, it made me, that first quarter, honestly, our first couple of possessions, yeah. it made me want to stop saying anything bad about LeBron James. And I hate, and I and I really hate on LeBron James. And, but like that, at that point, you're just like, "Damn, dude, he's still got it." It's crazy. not even got it. You're no, just like, he almost put just, up a triple double, and like, like, and he was tired. With little boys, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's wild to watch. It is wild. Well, like on that first play, like you said, it's Vooch who just lets him go. He's like, "I'm not, I'm not stepping in front of this, right? Who that's is? your center, right? Who, who, who is? Who is? It, it, it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's right, it's Carl Malone with wheels. Good luck, fast. Good luck, everybody. Big. Yeah." yeah. Just, I'm good. It's just, just coming at you. Somebody, um, I, I don't know who tweeted it, but somebody tweeted out a compilation of Mike Allstott runs the fullback of the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Joliet's That's a own. name. Joliet's own is right. And somebody, I'll find it and I'll retweet it because I, I watched it like three times in a row. I was like, oh, I oh, love that kind of football. Oh, it was so satisfying to watch this fullback just barreling through people. And that's what LeBron looked like on those first few possessions. It was like, I'm not, I'm not getting in front of that. I would make a, I'd make a business decision. I know, and I can't believe I'm saying nice things about LeBron, but look, he deserves it. Look at that. <gasps> I didn't know that was a block it's the Christmas, for you. It's the Christmas, uh, <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Christmas spirit. spirit. You have found jolly. it? All right. Well, look, we'll do a little more Bulls um, later on. Uh, we'll hear from Billy Donovan. I want to listen to the way that the team is trying to talk about Zacklessness right now with some class and some dignity. 
But the truth is undeniable, uh, I think, as, as you and I know. So we'll get back to that. Dave Wanstead in an hour. Angelo Cataldi, sports radio legend in about 30 minutes. But before that, let's talk Justin Fields and the understandable, seemingly universal empathy people have for the man. We'll do that next on Parker and the Spiegel on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.